Welcome to Cycle Systems Online Podcast. This week, I wanted to talk to you about e-bikes and specifically different types of e-bikes because we've come such a long way in the last few years that there's a massive market out there. There's a huge variety of e-bikes, different types of technologies, and of course, very different implications in terms of the tech, both for the user and for us, the mechanics. So whether you're e-bike curious and just want to understand the market out there, whether you're working as a mechanic and you're having a turn down e-bike work at the moment, or whether you're a bit of an e-bike expert and just want to see if I've got any knowledge and awareness, you don't stay with me. This is just going to be part of a wider series of e-bike content that we're producing. So we're not going to even try to cover everything today, but I hope to really set the basis and give you a broad understanding of what's out there currently in 2023, what we can expect, and as I said, most important thing of what it means in the workshop and what it means tech-wise for the people riding. So essentially, let's just look broadly at the types of bikes then we'll get into the types of motors the types of brakes the maintenance implications and we've got to look at conversion kits as well as complete bikes some of the really important things such as the health and safety aspects i'm going to cover in a completely separate podcast with an expert in all things e-bike and health and safety so watch this space As you probably know, if you listen to this podcast regularly, I'm doing a few days a week at an e-bike store. I'd say 95% of the bikes we sell have an electric motor. We're doing huge amounts of repairs on older bikes as well as selling the newer bikes. And we're based in the Alps in Switzerland. So there's a big, big market for it. So essentially, I suppose the most... And it's not those all dramatic, isn't it? The change with e-bikes, but one of the things that is close to my heart is cargo bikes. You know, so when I started mobile mechanics, I started with a bike and a trailer in Oxford, then went to London and was using the big Danish Long John freight bikes, and might even be one or two people listening to this who rode those Long John freight bikes for us in London, and they were incredibly difficult to ride, both in terms of the sheer weight of them, these big steel bikes. In fact, they came with a three-speed hub and a coaster brake, a backpedal brake, can you believe it, for a freight bike? Because they were kind of designed for tooling around Copenhagen with a bunch of beer in the front, and there aren't many hills there, <laughs> essentially. Whereas even though London... Um, It's not exactly the Alps. It's not exactly Copenhagen or Amsterdam either. So essentially, those bikes we converted best we could with better brakes and more gears, etc. And that involved spreading the frame with car jacks and all sorts of fun with uh, Super Ted James, who was working with us at the time. But essentially, they were brutal things to ride around with up to 100 kilos of tools and spares and our our whole mobile bike shop and the first game changer for that i guess was the larry versus harry bullet which is an aluminium freight bike and that rode much more like a normal bike had fairly normal steering had good gears was nice and lightweight and nippy and now of course pretty much every freight bike has a e-bike motor or an e-bike version 
And essentially what you're going to find in these is the much more big beefy motors, obviously, a bit like the mountain bike side of things. And when we're talking about the power of the motor, it's worth noting that we're really talking about the torque in Newton meters in terms of the output. Because certainly in the UK and Europe, you're limited to 250 watts output, but that can mean anything from 35 Newton meters to 100 in terms of torque, the actual power delivered. If you're listening in the US, some states do offer up to 750 watts of power, but essentially for most people in the world, it's 250 as the standard. But wherever you are, if we use the Newton meters of torque, that's what's important in terms of the, the output, essentially. So the freight bikes, I'd say it's transformed freight bikes and access to freight bikes. So anyone can ride one without the downsides of everything that they used to be, which is awesome. So the e-mountain bikes that I just mentioned, the popularity of these can't be overstated. It's essentially a free uplift. You know, you've got all these people using uplifts at bike parks while the e-mountain bike does that for you. They don't look particularly weird anymore. They're not particularly heavy anymore. And the amount of tech on them is incredible. It's worth noting in terms of the conversions that an e-mountain bike isn't just exactly the same as a normal mountain bike with a motor. Pretty much everything on them now is e-bike rated so it's strengthened it's slightly heavier maybe slightly stiffer to really be able to take a lot of the extra abuse that's going to be thrown at the e-mountain bike so essentially we're looking at beefier forks potentially stronger wheels universally in general bigger and wider tires uh, you're not going to find many e-mountain bikes with anything less than 2.6 whereas 2.3 is more the standard on acoustic bikes because again you've got the power you might as well have the better stability etc of the bigger tires as regular listeners might know i quite like plus size i quite like three inch tires in e-mountain bikes as well so the main types of e-mountain bikes that we see in terms of pure recreational mountain bikes are what I'd call the standard e-mountain bike with a motor that has an output from 65 for some of the weaker or older ones right up to 85 plus plus you know kicking around the 100 newton meters and essentially these are relatively heavy um, bikes they don't quite handle you know the same way as a normal mountain bike but the amount of power is incredible you can just get to the bottom of a mountain and power up it with lots and lots of juice in the batteries as well whereas what we've seen with some of the systems out there is a completely a different way of looking at it and the most famous is probably the specialized um, turbo sl so when you're looking at the turbo sl motors rather than the standard turbo motor which is a brosa motor which is 70 or 85 newton meters depending on the model the sls are 35 newton meters it's a much much lighter uh, motor on there and essentially it has a bike that you can throw around a lot more i rode at verbier e-bike festival with max chapui the professional rider from geneva and he was riding his s works um sl 
And essentially, he was just throwing it around. You know, he really was doing big jumps, doing tail whips. And essentially, it's an awesome bike for that sort of riding. That isn't me, <laughs> essentially. So I personally prefer the higher output, heavier um, e-mountain bikes. But essentially, the lighter ones out there, there's definitely um, a lot of people who are going to love them. And we'll talk about some of the lower power output e-bike motion uh, motors later as well, because I know they've got their fans. But essentially, with the mountain bikes, you've got the purely recreational e-bikes. And at the moment, we're talking about the Type 1 in the US or the e-bike, you know, standard e-bike in Europe and the UK, which is 15.5 uh, kilometer, miles an hour, so 25 kilometers an hour rated, 250 uh, watts motor and essentially what you're looking at there is something that is universally legal to ride anywhere you can ride a bicycle so that is that side of the market here in switzerland there's quite a lot of mountain bike type bikes so they've got full suspension like knobbly tires mountain bike geometry maybe a little bit less crazy a bit less slack at the front but essentially they just come as standard with mud guards with racks and it's much more aimed at people wanting to do touring um on their e-bikes you know they're not necessarily you know going up and riding down black runs and as or essentially they they live in the alps and they're using these bikes as transport they're using them to to get around you know they live somewhere relatively wild and at big mountains and these are a really really big part of our market of bikes that were selling often to older customers and i had a you know one model in the other day like this and i said to one of my colleagues it's the coolest old person bike ever does pretty much anything you could imagine that that it could you want it to do basically and there are the higher end versions of these so 45 kilometers an hour speed pedelec as it is in europe or type 3 e-bike as it is in the us so that's 28 miles an hour rated here in switzerland you need a number plate on it if you're in the uk france or germany you'd actually need a motorbike helmet so as well as all of the kind of number plates and insurance and all this you'd need a motorbike helmet and safety equipment which to be honest renders it pointless because you still pedal these bikes i've been riding these 45k bikes quite a lot and you definitely want cycling equipment on them so i think we're waiting for the authorities to catch up in certain countries if you want to break into the bike trade, train your staff, or even learn some new skills just for fun, Cycle Systems Academy has a course for you. Our graduates come to us from all over the globe and train with us to gain the highest recognized cycle mechanic qualifications available. The bike industry supports and believes in Cycle Systems Academy, which means they'll believe in you too. The downside of the 45k an hour mountain bikes and certainly the models i've ridden have been amazing and these often will have the same motors that you'll find uh, in the 25 kilometers an hour category they're just restricted 
up to 45k an hour. So it just shows how that 250 watts can make you go a lot faster. And we'll talk about shipping bikes another time. But essentially, these bikes, because of their higher speeds, they are restricted to only go essentially where motorbikes can go. So when you've got a full suspension bike with your you know, big knobbly tires and everything, it looks ready for anything. But actually, you're going to be really restricted as to where you can go. You're just going where the motocross bikes go. Certainly in the UK, that's incredibly muddy um, bridleways, often unrideable by anything other than a motocross bike once the motocross bikes have been through there in the mud. So while they're quite exciting, there isn't really a place to ride them, you know, that I can see just yet. So essentially, the mountain bike space is really well covered by a massive variety of different mics and models out there from the Nikolai e-bikes, e-box, which is probably my favorite and what I'd be buying tomorrow if money was no object. It's just an amazing progressive trail bike with a Bosch motor in there. I'm certainly a massive fan of the Bosch system. And it's a, it's an e-bike. It doesn't, it's not a, a motorbike or anything. I can just take it where bikes can go. So absolutely awesome now i mentioned e-touring bikes earlier because here in europe there is all sorts of charging points all over so you can charge your e-bike as you're on tour as you probably know from listening to our podcast our friend mike stead has been involved in putting in charging points in uh, highlands of scotland as well so e-bike touring is getting more and more popular the batteries are getting bigger and bigger range And the e-touring bikes will often have space for a second battery, um, just like some of the e-mountain bikes we're seeing now as well. So essentially, these bikes will be really quite varied in terms of the models. You might have very off-road based models through to more roady hybrid looking models. But in general, the more slimmed down versions of them seem to be getting less and less i mean we'll talk about road and gravel e-bikes shortly but in general the e-touring bikes tend to be more geared to multi-terrain capability essentially and again i'm talking here about 25k an hour 15 mile an hour they're just going to be more um upright less um, kind of crazy geometry, big suspension, normally narrower tires than the mountain bikes, obviously aimed at range, getting the most range out of the battery. But again, the the motors, you'd be looking mostly at mid-motors, so the motor weather, the bottom bracket would have been, and the higher end of the power that's out there. So in terms of the general e-bike motors then, and what's out there through the different specs and different types pretty much all of the motor systems out there as i say will be around um 250 watts you know depending where you are in the world some of the fazuza motors are coming at 450 or even higher but essentially the shimano and the bosch are two of the big systems they've both got motors down at the 40 newton meter range so the steps e5000 for shimano or the uh, active line for the bosch 
And then you go right up to 85 newton meters for the performance line CX for the Bosch and for the Steps EP8 for Shimano. And we can probably expect something new from Shimano soon. And essentially, when you're looking at the touring bikes and the mountain bikes and the freight bikes, you're definitely going to be looking at the higher end of those peak torque values and that really is important if you're looking at climbing if you're looking at carrying weight um, even on the flat and essentially you can if you're riding on the flat especially you might have a motor with a lot less peak torque but essentially you might have higher range or what have you but if we want to be looking at riding in hilly terrain especially carrying stuff with us we definitely want that higher torque some of the lower torque motors really good for getting around the city on a commuter type bike not going to be so good in very hilly country so essentially moving on then we've got our e city bikes then we've got our e gravel bikes and e road bikes so the e city bikes are really interesting because obviously they're aimed e either at people commuting or light leisure use. And what I've been seeing of late is city bikes, especially that are just getting lighter and lighter and lighter, so much so that you'd hardly notice it was an e-bike. So the other day, um, I built up a specialized turbo Vardo for a customer. It looked really nice, had a brushed aluminium frame, a bit like those old Cannondale frames. It was under 15 kilos, which there's a lot of mountain bikes out there that will be over 15 kilos. And you could hardly tell even by looking that it was an e-bike. And you certainly couldn't really tell uh, by carrying it. I carried it up the stairs to the showroom rather than took the lift. So for people who say to me, oh, I couldn't have an e-bike because I live in a flat and I'm up several flights of stairs and things, this is a, a game changer. So these sort of bikes, which are maybe even lighter than a lot of commuter bikes that are on the market, they're definitely not cheap. So here in Switzerland, you're looking at four or 5,000 francs, which is fairly you know equitable to a dollar or a pound, but really quite something. And I think that's going to be, we're going to see more and more of that end of the market. And then, of course, you've got your city bikes, which have got a bit more carrying capacity on. So big uh, built-in cargo capacity at the front as well, but not quite a big, um, not quite a big freight bike, as it were. Now, the gravel bikes and the road bikes, I always get confused with. So we had a specialized e-road bike to build the other day. And you take it for a test ride. It's got a double chain ring on the front. As soon as you chuck it in the big ring, the motor cuts out. So with the current legislation, 25 kilometers an hour, 15 miles an hour, I don't think it's suitable for a road bike because with all of these bikes, as soon as the motor cuts out, it feels like you're pedaling through treacle. You know, it's not a pleasant experience. If you're with a group and they're kicking along at 30 kilometers an hour, um, you're not going to have a nice time on that bike trying to keep up with that. Might be different on the long or steep hills, but really I would say that 
those bikes are very well suited to someone who loves road biking and maybe doesn't have the health to ride a normal road bike anymore. The e-gravel bikes I tend to felt the same with. Every time I've ridden an e-gravel bike, I've just span out way past the assistance so quickly. And I think the American Type 2 e-bikes, which have a rating up to 20 miles an hour, so 32k an hour, would be perfect for e-road bikes and e-mountain bikes. So come on, Europe, get a Type 2 system in, please. Really, please do. However, um, our friend Mike Stead, worth mentioning him again, Tweety Mike on Twitter and also road.cc, what Mike said is that the e-bike motion system, which is actually quite popular in e-road bikes, e-gravel um, bikes, he said it really made sense to him. He, I'm not sure if it's alone or owns um, a Ribble gravel bike, and the very small 40 newton meter motor, essentially, he said it just gave him a bit of extra range riding his gravel bike around the highlands of Scotland. So it's not like getting onto an electric motocross bike and smashing through the mountains, as I like to do. I think the uh, the, the high bike I rode at the e-bike festival was my favorite, which was the top spec everything and most powerful motor I've ever ridden, Yamaha motor. That was incredible. But essentially, I can really understand on road bikes or gravel bikes a nice light discrete hub motor that's not going to affect your normal pedaling too much and give you a bit of extra power a bit of extra juice so essentially the um road bikes the city bikes you know the touring bikes the mountain bikes you're going to come across a few different types of motors on them and we're going to get into that in a different podcast so looking at the maintenance implications mid motor rear motor front motor and essentially we want to pick apart what to look for you know when we are uh, working on these bikes what the implications might be for owning these bikes and then like i say we're going to do another podcast where we're going to get into the safety aspects of especially in the commercial side when we're working on e-bikes and we've got dozens of batteries and stacks of e-bikes all in storage on the same place and maybe a dozen batteries all charging at once. So thanks for tuning in this week to Cycle Systems Online. (laughs) 